Welcome to the HBW Insight podcast in which myself, David Ridley, Senior Editor, and Tom Gallen, Managing Editor, discuss the week's European consumer healthcare industry news. So this week we're going to be talking about the first quarter results of four major European-based consumer healthcare players, GSK, Sanofi, Bayer and Reckitt. Um, looking at the results of these four companies, uh, we can see that they all struggled a bit in the first quarter um, with sales in their consumer healthcare uh, divisions down by roughly double digits across the board. Um, two main reasons for that are that there was a almost non-existent cough and cold season uh, thanks to uh, lockdown measures you know, trying to restrict the spread of the coronavirus and also um, because of a huge uh, bump that all the companies got last year when uh, consumers were stockpiling OTC medicines particularly um, painkillers uh, cough and cold as well um, so relative to that the sales were down this year but to a certain extent those two negative um, those two drags were offset by boosts to vitamins, minerals and supplement sales. And um, when, you know, if those companies have got um, strong brands or presence in those categories. So, um, so Tom, you have written about a few of these. Um, would you like to talk about maybe GSK first and see if there's any specifics there we could talk about? Yeah, sure. So if we start with GSK, I mean, I think that makes sense. They're the biggest player by far of the four we're going to be talking about in terms of sales at the moment. Um, Since their joint venture with Pfizer significantly enlarged their presence. Um, So overall, their consumer healthcare division sales were down 19%. Um, But if you exclude a number of brands that they've been divesting recently it they were down um a slower rate of nine percent and yeah as you mentioned you know all of the companies we're going to be talking about um struggled as a result of the particularly or historically weak um cough and cold season and gsk's respiratory health category which is where most of those brands live in their portfolio was down 45 percent so you can see you know a major sort of hit you know unprecedented really yeah i saw that i could say that's a huge that's a huge loss wasn't it yeah but i mean you know the most of their peers sort of suffered the the same consequence really it wasn't anything you know gsk particularly did mm. um, and they highlighted highlighted uh some of the brands theraflu theraflu and Robitussin is dropping double digits and mm. contact dropping uh, single uh, high single digits as well. Um, if we look at uh, next, if we look at um, Bayer, again, they were down, uh, sales were down 10%. And in their allergy and cold category, sales dropped 35%. So you know, fairly similar to the similar the, levels. Yeah, to the sim, similar similar to what GSK um, posted. Um, and again, you know, they highlighted the, um, the kind of increased hygiene measures, social distancing, as you know, kind of wiping out colds and flu. And and it, 
uh, I believe they, they used the term exceptionally strong comparison with the prior year period, you know, when mm. consumers had kind of rushed out at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic and kind of filled up their medicine cabinets and, you know, obviously not really used them. So there was no need to kind of go out and um, and purchase purchase an, an, another um, basket. Batch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, if we look at Reckitt again, there, what Reckitt is um, sort of slightly different in the way they um, kind of break down their sales, as they don't tend to have kind of specific categories. But their, you know, overall their health sales, which doesn't include supplements, that's they they um, report that under uh, nutrition. Their health sales were down 16% in the quarter mm. and within that uh, their OTC turnover was down 40% so obviously that's not s- focusing you know exactly on cold and flu but uh, you know I think that's a, a large proportion of that OTC turnover um, is kind of covered by that uh, and they highlighted brands like Mucinex which is a big US brand and then Neurofen which is you know big in um UK um, and some uh, some other markets, Strepsils as well. Those are the brands that took a hit for Reckitt. But I guess I guess that Reckitt has like a really strong, like a large proportion of its um, OTC uh, portfolio is is in that, those categories that were worst hit. Yeah, I mean they've got um, other brands as well, like. Uh, in digestive health like Gaviscon, Gaviscon sexual yeah. health uh, Jorex which you think you know performed really well yeah performed better um, but you know just on uh, staying with Reckitt for a moment their um, CEO made you know some, kind of some interesting comments just you know in his opinion that this was a kind of one-off you know with the, the cold and flu season being so low and you know he was expecting you know it would return you know over the course of kind of this year and into next year it might be kind of lower than historical levels but mm. you know in his words there was no question cold and flu would come back um and he was kind of he pointed out that wreck it we were already seeing greater incidences of cold and flu um in markets where pandemic were was under control mm. and restrictions were being lifted so you know does give a good indication of you know this time next year i imagine you know we'll be talking about uh, a much better cold and flu season i mean yeah the, you basically you've just got to take into account that there was a huge spike last year and and it's just not going to be the same this year so it's like a big wobble isn't it and so we're, we're all assuming that next year it'll return to something like um the average yeah but i think exactly. it's also while we're on Reckitt, i thought is also worth mentioning I, I was interested to see you know as you said there's two brands that they mentioned did did relatively well um gaviscon and jurex i mean are covering just in the uk the, the you know the marketing um movements i really noticed last year that They'd invested a huge amount in Durex with some really interesting advertising campaigns. Um, so that's clearly paid off. And, and yeah. you know, that reflects something that 
um, that we've heard and and written about about you know backing successful brands as a way to kind of navigate the pandemic, putting some investment behind those power brands um, is a is a good way to um, to offset some of the negative effects. So it seems like Ricket have um, put that into practice, and that's you know that's had some benefits. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, with Jorex, obviously that was a brand that you know has been impacted by covid and obviously with socializing restrictions mm-hmm. you know that's something that they've called out before um but i think you know jorex has a um kind of good share in china mm-hmm. which has obviously been has been under less restrictions than you know we have in the west in you know recent months so i think they've you know probably benefited from from that as well yeah um so yeah just moving on to the final company we're focusing on uh sanofi uh, their sales were down uh seven percent but that's a um, constant exchange rates so they don't give a reported figure so that's slightly less and their cold uh cough cold and clu- flu category sales there were down 60 percent so again you know similar level big hit yeah to to, to the others um and in that um category brand uh, the one of the main brands they've got is um, mucosolvan which is a big brand in in europe and also they were hit quite hard in their pain category as well which is where their brand dolipran which is a big french um pain relief brand uh sits and is accounts for a significant sort of proportion of the sales there as well so yeah, so for Sanofi, it was a, a similar picture. So I think they they also did quite well in China, relatively, assuming because um, yeah, because of the earlier easing of lockdown uh, restrictions. Yeah, that makes sense. But the yeah the, the you know the four companies we're looking at all kind of had similar um, you know posted similar results were similarly affected by. Um, you know the lockdown and by the lack of cough and cold season but they also all to some to differing extents benefited from the overall trend in a increased demand in uh, supplements as well yeah so i think it might be worth us just having a kind of quick look at that again it's difficult as the companies break down their portfolios in different ways but you know you can kind of get an overall impression of of how the supplements um brands performed so if we go back to gsk their vms category was down four percent it's obviously not growing but you know nowhere near the you know 45 percent hit that the respiratory category took so you know it's actually held up quite well and you know, also you have to remember that in the first quarter last year, the majority of the firms saw big increases in their um, VMS sales. Yeah, I was going to say you have to. It's again be, taking it relatively is really important, isn't it? Here because I think there's such a large jump last year that if you can manage to, you know, keep it around. Uh, even you know like maybe a little increase or or not not a very large decrease i mean that's basically good because that means that 
you're still selling a lot more aren't you than you were a couple of years ago yeah exactly and i think um bay is a great example of that because their nutritionals category which is where they house their supplements was up 0.6 percent but that's against the you know in the prior year period it was up by uh, just over a third so you know so actually they've basically managed to cement um that increase in sales you know one year on you know which was was a huge increase um and they they appointed to europe as actually being you know one of the regions where they've really seen this increase in demand you know with consumers you know interested in self-care self-care mm-hmm. and using supplements to strengthen their immune system wreck it as i previously mentioned they kind of separate what they call their health businesses where which is where they've got their otc um drugs and they've got the separate nutrition business which they break down into um the supplements and then also infant nutrition so the business as a whole was down 12 percent but i think that was mostly because of the infant nutrition business which mm. they've um you know been struggling with particularly in china on the vms specifically they said the sales were down slightly um which they attributed to lower sales of immunity support brand airborne uh, in the u.s given the weak cold and flu season which slightly seems to go against you know what we've heard a lot of other people saying about you know anything related to immunity you know sales been going up mm. but more positive on a more positive note for them their um, brain health supplement Neureva, again which is a u.s brand had a, recorded a very strong increase they said yeah. and that's another you know brain health i think is a category we've written about and it's another trend yeah yeah exactly seeing uh, increasing interest from consumers in that i think maybe also you know people spending more time working from home spend a lot more time in you know uh, zoom meetings and on the computer i think maybe also that's boot possibly i mean speculation but boosted that particular trend people were in about their um, um you know cognitive health but also mental health i think yeah well that's actually that's a nice link to sanofi because they don't have they kind of rearrange their uh, categories at the start of this year they don't have a specific supplements category but they have um categories where they're where they've got kind of significant presence in uh supplements or significant portion of sales is supplements and one of those is their new mental wellness category mm. which links into you know what you were saying about the, the brain health trend mm. and their mental wellness category was up 19 percent um and i know that includes some uh, sleep supplements um which are marketed in europe and i think sanofi's spoken previously about looking to take those into uh, new markets they see mental wellness is one of their um new priority categories whereas they, they've seen like a good sort of headroom for growth there mm. and then another one which we've written about is the um digestive wellness category which was up 14 percent, which includes some of their probiotics mm. which we've looked at they've been kind of moving into taking some brands like uh, their established brands like buscapan into that you know new emerging category yeah and uh, and you did write about some um, 
some firms outside the big four that uh, maybe specialise in probiotics. I don't know if you can just summarise really quickly whether whether this trend was reflected in like those companies doing particularly well. Yeah, I think overall, you know, as we've seen, um, probiotics are in demand. Mm. Um, more consumers are, are, are using them. And those companies, Proby and Bayer, who are both Swedish companies, both benefited from that and posted increase, increases in sales. Um, Bayer was an interesting one because their um, more established markets are in Europe and their sales actually declined there. But mm-hmm. I think that was that's more to do with the way that they operate their business. Um, you know, as, as we know, Europe is um, kind of a continental Europe particular is very um, pharmacy orientated Mm. and you know with the lockdowns that stopped consumers going into pharmacies which I think has hit sales of their products but um, conversely in the US where they've um, got a good presence online that you know their sales have been increasing significantly so I think it's um, you know the the demand for consumers is there it's just have the companies got the um um structures in place you know the, the online presence to kind of get them out at the moment if they consumers can't get into stores yeah i mean in general you know going back to what we said before you know companies have been able to lean into some of these new trends i think that they've um that's really paid off and i think you know, another company where where you can see this is nestle um, and their health science division you know they're they're acquisitive um, and really looking to grow uh, made some investments last year uh, vital proteins uh, imf health im health science um, and you know they've they've delivered double digit sales growth last year um, and noted a higher demand for products that support health and immunity and and also benefited from having a you know an established e-commerce channel as well so that further seems to support you know this analysis yeah definitely i think that's where you know as if you look at the consumer health sector as a whole supplements is where the growth is and i think that's been sort of amplified by the by the fact that the cold and flu season has been so weak which you know normally uh, you know major contributor of growth to um consumer health companies you know the fact that Mm. if you take that away you know if you take that away from you know sort of q1 and q4 when it you know traditionally that's when the season is you know you're left with a kind of a big hole in your sales then which is yeah as i say it's just sort of shown how important uh, supplements are to portfolios at the moment yeah i mean hopefully if if the cough and cold seasons come back although no one wants to get colds again um you know and they can keep the vms growth going then they could see you know an overall strong growth in future years yeah yeah absolutely that's all for this week tune in next time for more analysis of recent consumer healthcare industry news don't forget to sign up for our daily news alert to get the latest hbw insight story straight into your inbox take care see you next week